Hello, everybody, and welcome to a synchronous video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. It sounds like you've melted. <laughs> I'm, it's very dreary outside. We had another blast of, of uh, a wildfire smoke for the last uh, four days, so right. the windows have all been closed. It's humid outside today, and so I can't open the windows. Um, so I'm feeling very, very captured, very, very in a box contained, right now. Very much very in contained. your enclosure. Yeah, and here I am just uh, uh, trapping my voice in data forever. <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm... I'm <laughs> so what, a way to, what a way to think about what we do. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Um, we're talking about Mass Effect 3, uh, the Horizon mission. Uh, Kim, how are you doing today? Uh, How's your enclosure? <laughs> I'm doing great. My enclosure's great. Um, I got out of it yesterday to go to a cheese shop. And, nice. Uh, nice. Then I went to my friend's place to eat the cheese. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, great weekend. And um, great weekend. yeah, I got Monday and Tuesday off. Really exciting. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. God bless America. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Um, God <laughs> bless me. Four. God bless me having Monday and Tuesday off. Am I right? Yeah. Thanks, bank holidays. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about the Horizon deal, <laughs> the Horizon mission today. But before we get into it, mm -hmm. it's a good mission. Before we get into it, Kim, what's the bullshit? I'm begging you okay. to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait one I'm more second. I'm desperate for interaction. I think is the thing. It's like it's been me, Tara, and the dog. Oh um, yeah. And and she is out today with her friend, and I'm alone with the animals and Mass Effect. And now I'm and like, me. oh, another another person. Uh, Hooray. Anyway, please give me anything. <laughs> I'm I'm so happy to bring this to you. Uh, this was inspired by um, the most recent patreon q a for uh, a more civilized age a podcast that oh. i love they okay. did this uh this sort of bit for the cast of star wars rebels um and this is the mass effect squad mates ranked by how much i want to give them the aux cable oh wow yeah yeah this is a great this is a great metric i love this i'm i'm in i'm ready I'm, I've already got some people on my absolutely not list. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is it's a ranking, but it's also sort of organized by like what I think people listen to, sure, um, totally. which like uh, hand in hand. Right. So yeah. um, at the very top of the and again, I've made a tier list, which um, we will share. But at the very top of the tier list, uh, a category titled Take Me on a Musical Journey. Yeah. Uh, in a League of Her Own is Kasumi. Whoa, okay. I think Cosme has good taste in music. Yeah. We know that she, on the Normandy, she loves to listen. She loves to eavesdrop. I am sure that those skills translate to listening to music, but also like looking for cool new music. I yeah. feel like she's probably pretty, pretty dialed in and she's mm. going to, she's going to curate a soundtrack for our ride in the Normandy that mm -hmm. is like full of cool, interesting music that I've never heard before. Totally. Yeah. I think, um, uh, just quickly to touch on the curation skills. Um, well actually, no, sorry to go one step back further. I I'm realizing now my scale is like, does this person show signs of having ADHD? Because that <laughs> means that we probably listen to the same kind of music. Cosmic, okay. Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. 
Um, but I'm also thinking now uh, going more to similarities with me, not great at curating a playlist and mm-hmm. kind of gets paralyzed by like, oh, there's so much music. I don't know what songs to put on this. Um, but also Kasumi's a bit cooler than me. So maybe she does have the confidence to just like put songs on a playlist and, and take you on the journey. You know, I think so. I, yeah. I imagine when you're in the middle of a high stakes heist, mm-hmm. you're going to have you got to make decisions. You know, you just got to yes. you got to p- decide what you're doing and stick with it. So I feel it's like true. she's cool under pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a good playlist. Yeah. Um, the next category down is called Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> and the reason okay. why this is ranked so high is not necessarily because this is what I like to listen to, but because it's a safe choice. Definitely. Like uh, most people are going to be happy with just like, you know, someone's playing. It's, it's like we're listening to the top 40s. Um, yeah. So up here is Edie, um, because I think she's literally like she literally just data driven. Exactly. She's like, what's the most popular music right now? Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) Um, I've got Garris up here, too. Mm -hmm. I I love the man, but I don't for some reason, I feel like his taste in music is pretty like middle of the road. Yeah, I feel like Garris doesn't. I feel like Garris is one of those people who's like, like, yeah, I listen to music, but I don't really like get it. You know, like I don't like 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 one of those people who like, quote unquote, doesn't like music, which I like do not ever <laughs> trust that person ever. Um, but if you asked Garris to like, hey, can you put something on? It's just like, yeah, here's here's this this uh, uh, area of the galaxy's iHeart radio station. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I think so. I don't I don't know if I consider him a I don't like music person, but I do get where you're coming from in so far as that's like not his it's not a hobby for him yeah, listening yeah. to music. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got like two albums that somebody showed him when he was a teen and I'm like, yeah, I love mm-hmm. these. And then the rest, he hasn't listened to music for like new music in like 25 years. Yeah. Um. Also up here is Liara. Like mm-hmm. I think Liara is putting on like Taylor Swift radio mm. and like we're all going to have a great time singing along, but it's just a very safe choice. Yeah, I think it's either that. Well, if you're, if you're asking for like music to actively listen to, it's like definitely it's totally a safe choice. But I think Liara has a great like lo-fi beats to study and work to. Oh, yeah. Curated playlist that she's been making since, you know, she became Shadowbroker and probably mm-hmm. even before that, like in her, her college days uh, at Thessia University or whatever <laughs> it was when she was like, you know, studying Protheans, she had stuff on in the background. And I think so she's got like a really great like ambient lo-fi, you know, uh, uh, just kind of stuff you can have on in the background playlist. I think that's that's her her strong suit. But absolutely, if you're like, hey, what should we listen to? It's like, I, I don't know, Taylor Swift, I guess. Yeah, I think you're so right and then also up here i have jacob and kaden i yeah. uh, very very middle of the road these boys um i don't yeah yeah i don't think we're we're not reinventing the wheel music wise when definitely one not. of them is on the on the aux cable yeah i think jacob is to me definitely an i don't like music person I think Jacob works. I think Jacob works in silence. I think Jacob does not ever have a soundtrack to any piece of his life. It's always just like I'm in a cab on the Citadel and Mm -hmm. they are playing the radio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) I could see Caden having some like slightly interesting taste in music. Um, But yeah, I like very, very um, nothing to write home about. Yeah, I think Caden, he's from New Canton, right? 
Pacific Northwest. I don't Pacific, know. Pacific Northwest. I don't know why. I was, who's who's from New Canton? I can't remember. Somebody on the crew was, I believe. I remember really? that being a story beat. I think so. Or no, maybe I'm just thinking of the... Com- no, I'm thinking of the conversation in... Oh my God. In the crew quarters between those two randos and they have family on New Canton. And I was oh. I was conflating that with the time that Cortez and Chakwas were in the crew quarters for a mm. while. And I was thinking that... Ch- anyway, <laughs> that's Pacific Northwest. Uh, I think... I think Caden's got to be like really into like Primus or something, right? Like kind of like we like weird rock, you know? I, yeah, that I, I get that vibe. Yeah, but he's too afraid to show it off. I think exactly. <laughs> I think, and then yeah. yeah, when he's actually handed the aux cable, it's it, he um, he tones it down. Yeah, but his private playlist has a lot of Sonic Youth on it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's very anyway. Mm-hmm. Next year down, Mom Rock. Mom Rock. Samara. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And when I when I think of Mom Rock, I think of like, did I ever tell you about the play the playlist called Mommy Car Wash? No. <laughs> so <laughs> I need I, to know I, everything about it. This though. is a a Spotify playlist. If you search on Spotify, you should be able to find it. Um, it is music that you would hear when you were in the backseat of your mom's van in the nineties. So it's <laughs> it's like yeah. Wilson Phillips and like um. What, I don't know, Pat Benatar and like shit like that. And, uh, and when I say, Twain. yes. And I mean, it, the, the playlist fucks. It is so good. So yeah, <laughs> it's like a it's a picture it, of a van. Yeah. With like <laughs> a vague mountain outline. Yeah. In the background. Why don't really you good. read us some of the, the hits oh, off of there? We've got Barracuda heart is, is the start. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, Fleetwood Mac. Cheryl Crow, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman, Shania Twain, Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, this is good. Faith Hill. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Chicks, absolutely. Cher. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, this is a collaborative playlist. Oh, is it? We could add to this. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with perfection. Oh, Kiss but... Me by Sixpence, None the Richer. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is, that is, ooh, yeah. wow. And I think that's probably the kind of shit that Samara listens to. Totally. And it's like, this is actually like this playlist is fire. Thank you, Samara. Yes. Yes. Did you have any further thoughts on uh, Mom Rock, Mommy Car Wash? Um, I have an anecdote, but we should keep going. What? Okay. Okay. Well, so so <laughs> yes, you're totally right that it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how good this playlist is. And I had a, I, I had a similar experience to this in college when I was doing college radio. I had a show with my friends where we would each bring a different album every week that we would all like curate for each other. It's like, oh, we'd listen to this and whatever. And one week we did we did like car music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe I brought Shania Twain. I think I did. But like that whole show was all three of us being like, I can't fucking believe how good this music is. Because yeah. it's it's just like like Shania Twain. I think my one friend brought. Uh, oh, man, I, I think it was R.E.M. Uh, was like they were listening <laughs> a lot of R.E.M. in the car. And I can't remember what the third one was. Um, but but it was a great it was just kept having that experience of like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. is like car music good. <laughs> like, yes, it is. It is. It really it is. is this. I The beginnings of me like having taste in music started. Mm. Uh, in all places with with like Shania Twain and Faith Hill I was like this is good and I want more of it and so I had like a very small pop country phase when I was a child and quickly moved on from that but like that was the beginnings of like me beginning to curate my my own taste in music 
Yeah. Very formative. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, Man, I feel like a woman is like one of those songs where I like I hear it. And I'm like, I'm eight in the front seat again, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the van. And we're just like bumping around. Oh, my God. Anyway. So good. So good. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up. Similarly, we have Dad Rock. Sure. Which is Thane, Rex and Zaid. Thane. Oh, interesting. I want I wanted to think that Thane would have I think Thane's taste in music might skew more towards like, I don't know, alternative, maybe. Yeah. Dad rock. But it I, it is still dad rock. Yeah. I think the problem with Thane is I I, I think about Thane and I think about what he's doing and I just hear like generic hacker music in the background <laughs> and I'm like well that's not what like and I'm like okay that's Thane's music but in reality like that's not what Thane is listening that's to not what he would li- yeah that is just the soundtrack to, to his like you know Black Mirror episode or whatever I don't know why Black <laughs> Mirror was the pull I don't know I, it fits though yeah <laughs> I'm on board um, yeah uh, but anyway Zaid and Rex 100% absolutely no question and Thane I think I do think leans a little more alternative but I do think it's still it still ends mm-hmm. up being dad rock is he yeah. is a father after all exactly it's yeah. like uh, you know that guy who was like very into the like i don't even know if this was, is what it was called in the time but like the alternative rock scene in like the 70s you know oh the 70s okay yeah. like that's that's my the dad vibe. that's 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 my dad's taste actually. okay perfect so, <laughs> he's famous. your dad <laughs> yeah great um he yeah okay a lot of like Mott the hoople and uh like yes and yeah sure yep that's um, all alter- hey that's alternative mm-hmm. rock in the 70s perfect <laughs> um next year down is called not my personal taste but i respect it um here we have jack who i mm-hmm. assume listens to a lot of like metal i know the the book the art book said that she's supposed to be punk i don't really read punk no. from her but um that that's sort of the the vibe that i get um yeah. and then also here i have legion because i don't know what geth music is like but i i just have a feeling i'm not going to be into it i am curious about it though. it's 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 so ma- it's just a bunch of electronic sounds it's either that or it's like so boring because they need to get consensus to write a song <laughs> and it's just like one note for a really long time or something you know um uh, yeah i guess there's a world where if it's a like if it's anything like ai generation yeah, in, like nonsense. in the real world it's just like the most generic thing you could possibly imagine yeah 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 the next here down with my apologies oh, sorry, that's just that's just jack and legion that's just jack and legion yeah okay okay let's let's continue this is <laughs> this <curious>. is <laughs> This is also a category of specific taste that is not my personal taste. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch. I realize I, these are out of order um, okay. and I'm going to have to apologize profusely. But before we get to the, <laughs> the next one I was going to do, I actually want to slot in Grandpa Rock. Great. Which is beautiful. Is, of course, Javik. Of course. <laughs> Again, I don't know what Prothean music is like. Yeah. But I'm sure that's the only thing that he will listen to. And yeah. we'll we'll talk about how they just don't make music like this anymore. Fucking God. Yeah. If I had to <laughs> guess, if I had to guess, uh, because full disclosure, I have played a bit ahead. Uh-huh. And and there is a part where Javik talks about Prothean parties. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to guess 
that the Protheans either have the most bland music or they have no music at all. Really? Um, yeah, uh, because the way he describes a Prothean party is like we would just sit around and talk and like that was it. Um, and and but but I don't I don't know, though. I, I, I feel like there could be something something good in there because it was what, 100,000 years ago. Yeah. They had to do some some sort of something. I mean, I guess I that just... doesn't really matter in the context of like the tech they had, whatever. Mm. Um, but. I just love imagining him listening to like like Prothean jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really good. These cats are cooking. These um. cats are cooking. <laughs> Fuck. These Salarians are really cooking. Um, but just like in reference to the Salarians being like frogs at this mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, damn. Um. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for me to say my apologies. Uh, the next category down is theater nerds. Uh, more that's okay. Morton and yeah. uh, and Tolly, uh, which I'm oh. I have some metagame knowledge or um, oh. yeah, of a future event that that will explain that more, but okay. um, yeah, I'm not giving them the ox cable, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not doing I'm not doing sing alongs only if they play uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats will you accept even, it, even then, I don't know, even then, because they'll be singing all the words like way louder than you. No, I just I don't I like cats as a um as a whole package. I don't listen mm. to the music. Mm, sure, sure. I'm not in it for the music really at all. Yeah, I wish that I could agree with you, but as somebody who was a theater nerd in high school and has listened to a lot of musicals in the car, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I feel like it would be disingenuous of me to be like I definitely wouldn't give them the ox either because like low key I would like really <laughs> love it. Um Yeah, I, I know yeah. a lot of people who would. Um that is it just it's not me. Um yeah. I would yeah. sooner I would sooner listen to uh Javik's weird jazz. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, but, I feel like Prothean music is just like they drew out like a wave on a rock and then was like, put your hand on this rock and it sounds it sounds great. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's got to be some sort of like extra sensory experience that we just simply cannot have. You know, like we didn't have music. We had curved chairs that we would sit on or something. You know, <laughs> it's got to be something crazy like that. I don't know. Yeah, you touch it and you hear it in your head. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost the last category. Not quite. But um, this is called I Would Sooner Sit in Silence. <laughs> Um, <laughs> here we have, uh, first is Ashley Puck. because I know it's going to be some like weird Christian mm. rock or mm. con- like weird country. Yeah. I don't know where Just she's like, supposed to be from. Maybe they're not Southern, but I get. I get Southern vibes from their family, but mm-hmm. maybe I'm just like overgeneralizing like a large ish family that has military ties. Like maybe I'm just kind of mm-hmm. generalizing and probably I am, but I don't know. I, I, I totally agree that it's like the most bland, uninteresting country and like soft rock music that you've ever heard in your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, they were born. She was born in a colony. Oh, okay. Yeah. The colonies can be Texas coded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's a little manifest destiny. Um, also in this category, I'm sorry to say it, but it, it, Grunt, because I, mm. I've seen Grunt's search history on the Internet. <laughs> and so I just feel like it's it's just like some of the worst, like random shit he's found on the Internet. Yeah. Kind of vibe. And I'm just yeah. not here for it. <laughs> OK. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have nothing to say. Yeah. And uh, the last one in this category is uh, Miranda. 
I can't imagine Miranda listening to music. Mm. Maybe some classical in the background when she's working, but otherwise I feel like it's like podcasts about like financial markets. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> there was another way that we could have gone with Miranda listening to podcasts. What, what were you thinking? Well, she was a, for a long time, the member of Cerberus, the like oh. pro human, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe a little bit of that. She's maybe. the sole listener and producer of the elusive man's podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, no, I, t- I totally agree. It's it's classical, but it's like all incidental. Like maybe she will go to uh, like see a classical performance, but like mm-hmm. she's not going for enjoyment. She's going for like the culture of it and like the yeah. the 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 status, uh, yes, the status. Uh, expression of it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, and the final category here I have called situational, and it's James. And the situation is we're going out. Totally. James has a great going out playlist. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet he also has a very good workout playlist. Uh... I would like to say yes. I think he has a very... if, If you're into a specific type of workout playlist where it's like really, really intense the whole time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's... That's the kind of... That's the kind of, uh... Playlist that James is curating, I think, for a workout. But... Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I totally agree. I was really trying. I was really curious where James is going to end up because I have a very specific idea of what the kind of music James listens to. Not like artists or anything. Don't ask me artists, but just like the the, the style of music is like it's either like club music or like mm-hmm. really hard guitars mm-hmm. um, or like I think actually that's probably the only two. Like yes. I think even his like his alarm that he wakes up to in the morning is like just like a sh- a, sh- a really shredding guitar or something you know just a- always at ten. Completely agree. Yeah. 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 Uh, so that's it. Really, really great. I think my dream aux rotation. Um, I think we've got Kasumi on there. I think mm-hmm. we've got um Jack on there. Honestly, mm-hmm. and I think. I think Tally also, because what I had in mind for Tally was like similar to the kind of stuff that like Kasumi slash I would mm-hmm. listen to. Um, but you saying that there is specific evidence that she's a theater person. Um, <laughs> I mean, she could listen to both. She could listen to both. That's true. I don't um, think Morden is listening to anything other than than. Totally. He's only listening music. to Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I think Thane also. I think we've got kind of a, a mixture yeah. in there. I will also say I just realized Morinth isn't on here, but I I might put her up in the top tier with with Kasumi because we know really? that she lo- we know canonically she loves like music and like cool Culture, interesting right. music. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. Yeah, I I maybe she would be like one step below Kasumi because I don't know that I that my tastes would overlap with hers mm. in a way that I feel like Kasumi and I would, but um. It will be like interesting and fresh and new for sure. Yeah. I think there would be something about Morant's approach to it of like, I like if you didn't like something she had on it, she's like, I like this because I'm smarter than you. Yeah. Like something mm-hmm. to that effect of like, well, you just It'd don't be get like, it. yeah, like, you're, you're, mm. you're not listening to it. Okay. <laughs> you know, something like that. You just lack sort of the, you know, the cultural refinement that I yes. have. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So yeah, that's the crew. That's the crew. I love that. Uh, thank you. Shout out to a more civilized age. Yes. A podcast uh, what, I don't listen to, but I know you love. It is 
probably my favorite podcast at this point, wow. which is wild because there was a time in my life when I literally didn't care about Star Wars at all. And because <laughs> of this podcast, I am like deeply into Star Wars now. It's the power of the, the pod. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Well, Kim, thank you as always for that. My pleasure. Yeah. Let's let's hop on the Normandy and uh, pass Cosme the Ox cable and start. Let's pass Cosme the Ox and yeah. head over <laughs> to the Normandy. So, refresher, we had just finished Leviathan <laughs> DLC for the video game Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Absolute insanity. So uh, just just a bit of walking around. Nothing like super jumped out to me, really. I think one of the things that I did want to touch on, though, was when you walk into the um, cockpit, Joker is talking to Liara and Liara is commenting on the fact that like, oh, you asked me to keep an eye out for like refugees from Tip Tree. Um, and I've I've seen uh, a few people or uh, I've seen indications that there are uh, Solarian colonies uh, accepting Tip Tree uh, refugees. Uh, but sorry, it's like mostly children. So, you know, probably your dad's not there. And he says, oh, well, that's that's fine. You know, all things considered, uh, my sister, uh, Gunny, uh, and I think her real name was Hillary. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't write down her real name. She's only 15. So like maybe she's there. Um, and it's like, it's kind of sad that I'm like rooting for my, my dad to be dead kind of. Yeah. Um, and, and Liara says, uh, take what you can get, uh, which I just think is really sweet. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing I did, I, I got that too, but I got it last week. I think I did some oh. like side quests in yeah, between I, where that showed up. I didn't do any Normandy stuff like during Leviathan. Mm-hmm. I just kept, which probably, I don't know. I probably should have checked at least, um, because there was that one time where I didn't do stuff and I missed, I missed some conversations, but anyway, this isn't really interesting. This is just kind of funny. Edie says, uh, well, since Leviathan like exists, then that's evidence that the Reapers are fallible and like their, their, their methods have flaws. And it's like, girl, we have been killing them. Like, I don't know. She's like, <laughs> yeah, we are also proof of this. What do you mean? Yeah, um, we did. We did uh make one of them face a giant worm and it lost so clearly there's there's some wiggle room here yeah anyway um nothing really interesting uh but tally and garris are having conversations which i think is fun and flirty uh and then i go to talk to liara and she says i'd prefer if you stopped talking to leviathan or she says like i'm glad you're okay and then says i prefer if you stop talking to leviathan i don't want any tentacled creature inside your mind except me oh wow Um, (laughs) which is really funny but it's also like liara you have eight tentacles on your head i don't think that really makes you a tentacled creature to be fair not to gatekeep being a tentacled creature but i feel like you're kind of gatekeeping i definitely am gatekeeping it but like (laughs) leviathan's like all tentacles and she's got like tentacle hair um so i'm just saying we are not the same (laughs) (laughs) we are not the same uh and that's that's basically all i had i I didn't really have there wasn't a whole lot uh, going on this time uh yeah i didn't have anything uh additional it's it's a lot of people being like wow i can't believe what we learned so it's like, yeah it's right. like oh my gosh leviathan exists it's like yeah, yeah i was there yeah <laughs> um, cool uh so then we move on officially to sanctuary on horizon is that what it yeah. is the sanctuary the, the name of the base on horizon yes is that okay yeah Horizon, uh, the planet from Mass Effect 2 where we ran into 
uh, in both of our cases, Ashley. Yeah, Ashley. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Uh, so we head back, and uh, this is also a thing. Um, I had turned on, or I was, I was messing around with the settings um, for like combat stuff because I didn't really feel like doing a whole lot of shooting, so I just turned it on mm-hmm. super ultra baby mode. Yeah. Um, it's it's narrative. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to discount it. You know, it's the narrative mode, not the baby yeah. mode. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> experience the game however you would like yeah uh, but i also and this isn't the first time i've changed the difficulty but it is the first time i like went down that list and found the helmet toggle um for like whether shepherd's helmet will show up in a cutscene. um mm-hmm. and i have not been wearing a helmet this entire game because i'm like well you know i the boost oh. would be nice the boost would be nice but i don't want my weird helmet to be in every single cutscene. <laughs> uh and so you can turn that off so it'll, it will contextually uh turn on and off the the helmet visibility which mm-hmm. has been nice uh because now my powers do 10 percent more damage <laughs> nice uh, yeah and i don't have to look at that fucking weird goggle when i'm trying to be mm-hmm. serious with my friends uh, i love the weird goggles but that's just me they're good but like not the experience i'm trying to have <laughs> Mass Effect, you know um, yeah that's fair who'd you bring uh, on this mission i am back to garris and liara nice. for for missions they're they're my they're, they're my power couple my power duo <laughs> my best my best friend and my girlfriend you know yeah, um we're sense. just out here messing shit up yeah um, i um randomized it and i got edie and james uh so cool. the leviathan squad rides again there you go i love bringing james on missions <laughs> it's like he doesn't have i think like unique dialogue but they f- they they flavor it to be uniquely james sure sure sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and so uh it's just very fun to see what he has to say uh in each scene freddie prince jr bringing that spice he he really is he's like yeah. I don't know. I'm really high on Freddie Prince Jr. lately. <laughs> <laughs> I recently came across his Instagram for some reason, and he is just like he's he's ho- he hosts a wrestling podcast, which I think is very funny. Oh wow! Um, he's really into wrestling, I guess. And then he's got this like great kind of um, more salt than pepper kind of like stubble thing going on, Ooh. Um, which I think is a great look for him. I love that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr., come on, Ice Cream. <laughs> <laughs> Our f- final episode of Mass Factory, we're talking to Freddie Prince Jr. Um, so we head down to uh, Sanctuary, uh, and we are kind of like conferring with everybody of like, I'm not really sure why Cerberus would be interested in this base. Last time we were here, it was kind of you know, pretty uneventful, um, not uneventful, but like there's not really anything at this base. It's just, it's a refugee base, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and Steve, uh, while he is, oh, that's, oh my God. I, in the middle of this note, I, I got surprised. So I don't remember what Steve finds with the oh, scanners. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but it, basically the sanctuary facility was aiding refugees, but mm-hmm. recently it like went offline and there's no communications going out, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, as we as we're flying in, Cortez picks up like a weak signal that turns out to be from Oriana, Miranda's sister. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. My note there was Steve finds us. Oriana. Oh, shit. That's (laughs) that's my note. Uh, I don't know why I did that to myself. But anyway. Yeah. um, And she's basically like sanctuary is not stay not safe. You need to stay away, whatever. Um, And we're like, oh, Miranda's probably here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because. If you remember, we got a call a while ago in the Spectre, uh, the Spectre room. And Miranda's like, I'm looking for Oriana. My dad probably kidnapped her. Uh, Mm -hmm. Surprise. This is where she is. So we land uh, and there are signs of a big battle that has happened. So it's like, oh, I wonder who this battle was between. Like, was this like a refugee uprising against Cerberus or like, what's what's the deal? Uh, And then pretty quickly we realize that it is Reapers. Uh, They are here and it's not 
good vibes. Um, mm-hmm. And so then before we get into like any fighting, really, there's a lot of kind of walking around like the lobby area and kind of mm-hmm. collecting information. We find a couple of different PDAs, a couple of different, you know, voice messages, et cetera, that are all kind of just like a little unsettling. There's a PDA that references integration of yeah. refugees. And I'm like, I don't, this is kind of bad vibes. I'm not sure about this. We see um, security cam footage of yes. people getting sorted yeah. into different categories or something. Yeah. We don't know, which is traditionally a very cool and chill thing. In history. Uh-huh. It uh-huh. usually works out. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a guy at the front desk talking about putting his hours in, getting moved into better housing, which was also not super great vibes. Uh, and then we find a console with a message from Miranda that's like, hey, if you're here, uh, you're fucking stupid. You should leave. This is not a refugee <laughs> camp. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, she just says it's, it's just a Cerberus base disguising itself as a refugee camp. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, what the fuck does Cerberus need refugees for and why? are they sorting them this is very bad vibes and you eventually you know you move on and you drain this like water Mm -hmm. thing for some reason and then underneath that there are some weird machines and i i I, did james comment on it for you who commented on it i guess it was probably would have been Edie, right um or did nobody yes it it, it was Edie. Edie is like i recognize the cerberus tech here but um but there's also like reaper tech integrated into it yeah, Liaris is the same thing. Yeah. Um, bad, I, bad vibes. Bad vibes. Maybe bad vibes. Um, and so we do some shooting and fighting, and eventually we arrive at the command center uh, of this base and discover that they're turning refugees into husks. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! It's like, yeah, you see this like old security footage. Um, yeah. And when you turn it on, when you have James in the party, he goes, what, 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 what am I seeing here? Like, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good like little snippet from Freddie Prince Jr just like really really i just love the flavor on this character mm-hmm. very fun very good uh yes. very big jock energy it's great. really yeah and then <laughs> you turn you turn on a light like <laughs> like hit a light switch you're it's in this very like, dramatic this like the like security room like overlooks like another like much bigger room mm-hmm. and then you turn on the light in that room and a bunch of husks scatter like, like fucking cockroaches. Like cockroaches yeah it's horrifying very good it's, yeah and then they climb up on the glass and start banging on the glass to like get into the security th- it's it's very spooky mm-hmm. it's great um really really terrible vibes um but like good job <laughs> video game for making them mm-hmm. um yeah just uh just absolutely rancid um and we do some more shooting and walking and we get some husks and etc cetera, etc cetera. um and we come across another console uh where miranda you know i guess it becomes obvious at this point that miranda is just kind of leaving us leaving whoever is behind mm-hmm. her messages on the consoles and this one i was a little confused by she says she shut down power to the facility to i think keep the reapers out is that what to it keep was them, i think to keep them like locked in here basically okay okay w- how i interpreted it okay yeah i wasn't fully exactly clear on what the attention was but the point is that the there there the power is shut down that the facility is locked down uh and she walks away and then we're like okay well let's k- keep going and liar is like wait there's more and kai lang is there uh and he like shows up like <laughs> seconds after miranda leaves uh mm-hmm. and and is like 
at normal volume, like, Miranda's here. Uh, what should I do, boss? Um, and Thelus's man says, she's not the she's not the concern. Just grab the research data and, and get out of there. Um, yeah. Um, after we see this footage, James goes, Madre, she's going to be blindsided. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you get so much extra Spanglish if you bring James on <laughs> missions. I'm telling you, you're missing out. Your Spanglish ratio <laughs> just pops through the roof. Um, uh, and so then eventually we come across the res- a, a research lab where we or. This might have been in the research lab. I don't know. But we we come across uh, evidence that they were creating husks out of refugees in order to figure out how Reapers communicate. Uh, and we do eventually see Miranda's father, Howard. I don't think I wrote down his name once. Henry. Henry, Henry. Lawson. <laughs> yeah. Henry Lawson. Big rancid, rancid, rancid vibes from this guy. But he he basically explains, you know, that's that's why they're doing what they're doing with the husks um, and figured out that. The Reapers communicate through the husks using the nanites that they implant in them. Uh, and then eventually it's, it is like, yeah, I love that you wrote all this down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not like super relevant, but it is interesting. I think eventually I what nanites are I, tiny, I guess like, like, like tiny micros, like nanobots or something like oh. nano, nano machines. That's, I think I, I'm just guessing. Mm. Um, but uh, eventually he talked about how, like, the nanites work better when the humans are, like, exposed to more adrenaline. Um, like, it, it gets through their system faster or something and transforms it faster, etc. Uh, talks about the use of dragon teeth, which are the big spires that they use to transform the husks, which every time I'm reminded about that, it is just, like... Freshly horrifying. (laughs) It's freshly horrifying, but it's also, like, one of the first things you see in Mass Mm -hmm. Effect 1 are these humans on spikes. And it's just, like, so good. I I don't know. It's just, like, really great, I I, like, storytelling or narrative design or whatever the the proper term is. It's just, like, like the first thing you see is evidence of Reapers and what they're doing to humans. But Mm -hmm. you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is or what's going on. And it's it's just, like, so good. Uh, Anyhow. So also in that room, there's another console where uh, Miranda says some stuff that I did not write down and then uh, gets attacked by Kylie. Um, She says some refugees returned into husks, some were indoctrinated and sent to the elusive man. The rest were used in experiments. Um, She says they were trying to figure out how indoctrination works. Mm -hmm. And I this was a point where I was like, this would have been. Like, because basically what what we're learning is that now, like Cerberus was always like, we're all about the advancement of humanity. But now Mm. it's like nothing is sacred. You are like harming other humans. Yeah. And I just wish I find myself wishing that Cerberus hadn't been an enemy this whole time. Like if they had continued to be like kind of an uncomfortable ally throughout this game and then Mm. this suddenly it was revealed that like no they're like they are absolutely like completely bankrupt at this point and like have turned against even humanity because they are like so desperate to to find a way to control the reapers um it would it would read more as like this is like taking the the renegade approach too far mm. as opposed to like they're cartoon villains now <laughs> like i don't know i i've never been on board with cerberus but like i feel like this could have hit a lot harder if they had been sort of more committed to the idea that like you could 
you could sort of find yourself understanding the Cerberus approach, mm-hmm. even if it's not something that you like. I don't know. We're we're ultimately on board for until this moment when it's it's revealed that like they've just like gone completely off the deep end in terms of what yeah. they're willing to do. Yeah, and I think that would have made them or that would have given the game a sort of kind of relatable antagonist in some ways of, of like if we if we scaled it back in the beginning of like instead of instead of attacking alliance bases or whatever, it's like we're we're you know uh, uh, arranging to like like this like help refugees, but in reality we are just like stealing all the data from the alliance Mm -hmm. like there are ways that we don't have to destroy an entire base in order to get the data we can just like covertly do it how cerberus has been this whole time you know like that was Tim's whole thing but i think also like we uh, we find out say like they you know they have like sent like there's been like not corporate espionage i guess it'd just be regular espionage but like Mm -hmm. you know they're like stealing data and it's not like you know and they're like oh or you know we're using it because we're trying to do this good thing over here it's fine and you know like that just complicating that that dynamic a little bit more would have been more interesting yeah because we already have the like these are the bad guys threat of the reapers you know like i don't think we need two of them but then Mm -hmm. i think part of that is also like the assumption is is that tim's indoctrinated right so he's like not you know he's not doing tim stuff and when you pointed out to him that one time he like gets kind of cagey and is like i'm not no i'm not which i think (laughs) is also interesting but like i think even like again uh, i do this all the time but not to backseat game design i i think there it could be a really interesting way to kind of narrativize war assets instead of it i mean when they are they are already pretty narrative but like in general the line is always going up you know Mm -hmm. you're always getting closer to the like minimum line and then past it but i think there could have been a cool thing where like in the beginning cerberus helps you with the crucible and they have Mm -hmm. like a hundred points or something toward your thing and then when they cross you you know you lose those hundred points and like that is a thing that happens when you like fail missions etc um but i think that could have been really interesting to to kind of see that Mm -hmm. um from the Cerberus perspective and and i think would have made that kind of hit harder where instead you're just supposed to kind of like not really like or trust them in mass effect 2 and so then when they start doing shitty stuff in mass effect 3 you're like oh okay i guess they're the villains now because like i didn't even really feel any quandary of like why are they doing this you know because like i I Mm -hmm. just like I don't know. I mean, I, I learned in Mass Effect 2 that the elusive man just like does shit because he thinks mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. And so I didn't question like, why does he think this is the right thing to do? I'm just like, well, he's doing what he's going to do and I can't really do anything about it. Uh, so I guess we have to kill all his guys now. You know, right. there was no there was no like moral quandary moment uh, uh, in, in that. But, you know. We also don't know the conditions on which this script was written, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. Maybe, there, maybe that yeah. was a version of the script that was. I don't know. Anyway, I agree that this would have been like a really, a really, really cool moment to be like, oh, fuck. Like, it was still mm-hmm. like an oh, fuck moment. But like we knew Cerberus were, was doing shitty stuff. Um, yeah. And I think if, if that was kind of like we like tacitly knew they were doing shitty stuff because it's Cerberus and they're always kind of doing something a little shady and then finding mm-hmm. out that they're doing this as opposed to like they are literally they have literally destroyed several colonies like human colonies to get whatever they needed and now they're exactly. also doing this this bad thing. I think you're you're totally right that that would have been a bit more effective but yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> So uh, you can you also find a a PDA around here that says basically the same thing Miranda said that uh, some are transformed, some are indoctrinated, and then the rest are used for 
quote obviously fatal testing um <laughs> which it's like oh yeah. yeah this has been great for us kind of like figuring out genetically how this stuff works but like a hundred percent of the people are dying because like abs- mm-hmm. because of course they are you know like they they were the fodder this whole time like these people were always going to die and it was just a matter of like can we make them useful before they die or not and, and that's like that is like really really fucked up um, yeah stuff which oof oof man we also find out that uh, through an audio log that maybe this was a video actually but we find out that they had figured out how to control reaper forces with the nanites and stuff but tim wanted to figure out how to control the reapers mm-hmm. uh, and and henry's like oh it's kind of a tough that's kind of a tougher a tougher thing but we'll work toward it um mm-hmm. also just another thing to touch on with that obviously fatal message um there was another line in there that was like like, thank God there are so many refugees because we don't even really have to do any actual science. We're just kind of figuring stuff out by process of elimination because there are so we because we are killing so many people. Right. It's just it's horrifying. Horrifying. It's so bad. Uh, yeah. And, oh, Jesus. So, yeah. And then we find him. <laughs> um, Miranda gets attacked by by Kai Lang. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, find her and Henry and Oriana. Uh, yeah. And Henry is holding oriana at gunpoint and it's like you're not gonna you'll never take me alive blah 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 um miranda is like very beat up on the ground uh from her altercation with kai lang and you get a couple options of how to de-escalate and there are there is a paragon and renegade like thing uh mm-hmm. also um just wanted to point out kai lang um like took the research and bounced yes. and like left them here to die which is why he's not here anymore yes um, yes 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 but yeah, he's Henry's like, OK, you took care of the Reapers, though. So now, like, we can get out of here. But like, I am not, you know, we're like, you need to let Oriana go. And he's like, no, <laughs> I will. Um, not, actually. So, yeah, you uh, get the Renegade and Paragon. What'd you choose, Gortney? I chose the Paragon. That was like, look, we we will we'll take the data and we will take Oriana and you can go um, because I had a feeling <laughs> that if i choose that one and he like does it because Mm -hmm. you know we haven't seen evidence to to yet that if you choose the 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 blue paragon or the red renegade that they won't do what you ask them to do um so i I chose that because i had a feeling that like as soon as he like agrees and lets oriana go that we would either shoot him or or miranda would you know biotic him Mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact miranda does biotic him out the window um yeah what does uh what does what did jin do Jin took the renegade option, Ooh. which um, I, I think was functionally the same, but just meaner dialogue. Sure. Um, so he's like, you try to leave with her, you die, let her go. Maybe you walk. And Lawson is like, oh, I've done nothing to you. Like, just let me go. And uh, Jin's like, it's not about you or me. Let her go. I won't say it again. And there's Ooh. an amazing after he says that line, the camera like zooms in on Shepard. <laughs> like like an oblivion like yeah (laughs) an office push in yeah it's it's so silly it's like they really wanted to like punctuate that moment and it just is so funny but yeah (laughs) yeah he's like okay you could take her but like i get out alive deal and miranda goes no deal and kills him um what 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 happened here for you oh um she pushes him out the window and then she falls over and then we do kind of a like final breaths in in Gortney's arms as she as she dies. It's like, just protect Oriana. I wish I could have and then dies. Um, yeah. What, um, did that happen for you or did something else happen? Uh, no, that did happen for me. So um, oh, okay. there is a way to save her. Sure. Um, but you have to 
it, it turns out there's like three meetups with her on the Citadel. And if you don't do all oh. three, she dies because there's because one of them, she's like, I could use access to Alliance data. Right. So if you don't give her the access to the Alliance data um, on your like third chat with her in the Citadel, oh. she will pass away. Shit. However, even if you do all that. Oh, no. Which I don't think either of us did. Oh, OK. Um, uh, You clearly didn't. No, I did not. I, I definitely I definitely talked to her twice. I do not remember doing a third. Yeah, thing. I don't remember doing a third thing or giving her alliance data either. So I, I think I like missed that. Mm. It's easy to miss, I think. But it wouldn't have mattered if I had done it, because if you romance Miranda oh in Mass God. Effect 2 and break up with her, she will not survive. <laughs> OK, so what you have to romance her and keep having romanced her or not romance yeah. anybody new in Mass Effect 3? If you if you if you fucking break up with her, she is doomed to die. What the fuck? Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> like there's no functional reason. Yeah. So wait, what 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 happened? Have you watched the scene where she lives? Do you know what happens? No. I don't okay. think I've ever actually saved her in a All playthrough. Right. But the fact that if you're M. Shep and you romance her and you break up with her, it kills her is so fucked up. Yeah, like, very I, I, like speechless like this. I don't know. The, this character already had such a rough like representation with them, like zooming in on her ass all the time in the original yeah. games. The fact that like. Oh, you could have saved her, but you didn't love her. All she you needed was enough. your yeah. All she, <laughs> what she needed was your love, but yeah, because but, she doesn't have a man, she dies. What yeah, the fuck? This isn't this isn't like a dies of a broken heart situation. This is like she dies of being stabbed with a sword situation, yeah, and like yeah. love doesn't stop that. But also like Metagel does, I think. But also whatever you think, I don't know. I it's just it it's so it's weirdly regressive and upsetting and i was so upset <laughs> when yeah. i found well, this out it's also like after that orion is like oh, i wish i got to know her and it's like you could have said that to her like as she was dying and maybe mm -hmm. you would have fixed her broken heart you know like i just feel like like if that's the if that's the metric if we're going off of choices we made in mass effect 2 whether she lives or dies or not mm -hmm. why don't we make the choice in miranda's mission matter more yeah you know like whether we introduce them to each other or whether you know whatever like i, I don't know you know, I feel yeah. like there's if 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 that's the route we want to go, where it's like the choice you make affects whether she lives or dies, make it a different choice. Yeah, the the uh, fact that it's ro the romance is just so it's really ugh, done. It's, yeah, it's it's gross. Hate it. it was very upsetting. I like, and I was so happy that we had saved this mission or that we were doing this mission before before Citadel because or the Citadel DLC because like it means we would like have her there for that DLC. Um, and oh. to, yeah, the fact that we, we both missed out on that is a bummer, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could never, I couldn't. So that's so wild. So dumb. That really anyway, sucks. worth noting before she died, she was like, I put a trace on Kyle yeah. so you can follow him. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's the outcome of this mission. God. Yeah. So that's, that's it. Uh, so then we head back to the Normandy and we yak it with Hackett. Oh, yeah. Yak it with Hackett. Uh, and he's like, I wasn't really in favor of you going to Sanctuary because I didn't think there was anything going on there, but there was stuff going on there. So I'm glad you went to Sanctuary. Bye. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. Yeah. And then we, uh, 
did you do the Normandy stuff afterwards? Yeah, Normandy time. Cool. Uh, yeah, so then we're 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 walking around the Normandy. A uh, bunch of cutscenes again this time, mm-hmm. um, which I which I liked. Uh, one cutscene that I feel like is weirdly absent, but we'll get there in a second. So we walk into the cockpit, and Joker is there, and we get another Joker cutscene, and he's just still sad about everyone who is dying, and it's like, is it just gonna keep? Everybody's just gonna keep dying until it's just me and you, uh, mm-hmm. where then you get the option to be like. I, I think it's like it's not going to come to that or like I'll take those odds or something. And like I took. The yeah, Renegade like we one can because, take them. <laughs> yeah, I took I did take that one because that feels more like the kind of Joker like mm-hmm. repartee uh, that we've established. And so it's like, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate those odds if it was just me and you. And he's like, yeah, well, it's you know, whatever. So I think that's nice. Yeah, I, I took the Paragon one there and mm-hmm. and Shep says, you're the only one who's been here with me since the beginning. Yeah. Like you've seen it all with me, which is like a really sweet. Um, I like that line a lot because it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the beginning, yeah. beginning, you know? the very beginning. Yeah. Very beginning. And then we get another cutscene with Edie uh, where she's asking about human behavior. Uh, I really liked this scene. I think yeah. it's really interesting. Uh, you leave the cockpit with her. So she's not talking around Joker. And she says that she, you know, has been scrubbing all Alliance communications and stuff and, and has seen these videos of uh, humans in Reaper camps where they are like basically denied every, you know, uh, everything except the basics they need to survive. And even then it's like barely that. Um, and she says, you know, she's asking about human behavior and she's like, I was expecting everybody to kind of go back to like survival of the fittest style, like, you know, people stealing food rations from each other and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But there is like, I haven't seen that once. And really it's just been more so people like lying about, you know, where other people are um, Mm -hmm. in order to help them live a little longer, even though it means that their lives are ending sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She explains that like the Reapers are like, they are rewarding people for like, for like ratting out people Mm -hmm. who are like trying to escape the camps and stuff. Um, Like, you know, you'll live longer if you, you know, if you like inform basically on, on other people. And she's like, like very few people are actually doing that. In fact, a lot of the time they're like, you know, taking like risking their lives to help people escape, feeding them like feeding the Reapers misinformation and stuff. And like the worst part is like, this isn't even like there have been no successful escape attempts, even in spite of all of this. And yet people keep helping each other. And like, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So then you get a couple of uh, options here. Uh, We basically say that, or Gortney basically says that, self-preservation isn't the only thing that people live for Mm -hmm. um you know it's 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 not about that it's about helping the people around you etc etc i assume that's also what Jin said because Jin's not a heartless monster or (laughs) yeah yeah um you know he's like are you saying submission is preferable to extinction and she's like she like starts to like respond with her like programming and she's like this is good yeah she's like actually no you know what like i I I disagree with that aspect of my programming. Um, so I'm going to modify my self-preservation code. I want to be different from the Reapers. Yeah. And I think about like the fact that Joker risked his life to like unshackle me. And so <laughs> she goes, I'd risk non-functionality for him. Yeah. Uh, my core programming <sighs> should reflect that. Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Shepard says, it sounds like you found a little humanity. Is it worth defending? And she says, to the death. To the death. So Shepard says, welcome to the crew, Edie. Really good. So then before I head down, 
uh, to the lower levels of the ship, I checked my emails. Mm, yeah. um, and this is a really sad email yeah. um, regarding uh, uh, it's it's a it's a ANN like news brief uh, from the uh, from Palavin uh, about a squad of Quarian who basically had sacrificed themselves to get Turian comms back up or something. Um, and in there, uh, Cal Rieger is name dropped as the the leader of that squad. And when they said you know, he he turned it back on, and then when they they said they were gonna come pick him up or whatever, he said, "Ah, oh, we're dead anyway." You know, whatever, whatever. It's just kind of this like really sad heroic tale for Cal yeah. Rieger, uh, our boy. Yeah, yeah, sad, sad. Uh, which is kind of just to to clarify, kind of doing the thing that we stopped him from doing the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, where he was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go sacrifice myself in order to do this," and we're like, "You don't have to do that, actually." Right. Um. <laughs> Yeah, although it, in this case, he it's like the reason why they were like, we're dead anyway. It was like the their their suits had been punctured in such right. a way that like they were they were fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's very sad. And it's really sad. Very, very good. And yeah. um, a nice end for that character, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that he didn't have to come back and have any voice lines. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, because fuck him. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway. Trainer says that Tally has been taking the stuff on Horizon pretty hard. Uh, and so then we head down to talk to Tally. Uh, I did a couple of things before that, but I think that makes sense to just jump right to Tally. Yeah, it's very good. She is in port observation at the little bar um, getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And it's <laughs> really, really sad. This was the cutscene I was talking about that felt like it was missing. Like this was this is just kind of like she says stuff at you and then you talk to her again and the conversation continues. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this needed a little bit of direction. Um, yeah. But you know, whatever. It's just a really good conversation about her. Like she's very sad about what happened. She's like, she, she talks about getting drunk. I it's, she makes some, some silly jokes about the yeah. emergency. Uh, <laughs> oh God, what is it? The emergency she, she something says, port. Uh, well, you ask, how are you getting drunk? And she says, very carefully. It's like, I'm doing Turian brandy. I triple filtered it. And I'm introducing it to the suit through an emergency induction port. And Shepard goes, induction. that's a straw. And she goes, emergency induction <laughs> port. And then later on, <laughs> she says, and, and I'm just sitting here with my emergency induction straw port. port. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very funny. Um, yeah. Uh, um and she, she talks about being sad about Miranda, but in like the best way. She's like, she was so rude. She was such a bitch. I hated her so much, mm-hmm. but I respected the hell out of her. Yeah. And I'm so sad that that she's gone. Yeah. She brings up that she she likes how sh- how Miranda didn't like bend to her father's will at all. And, you mm-hmm. know, kind of was her own person despite him. And then you're like, oh, you see yourself reflected in Miranda here. This is kind of why it's hitting you so hard. And, you know, she talks about that a little bit. And she ends off by saying, when do we stop reacting to our parents and start living for ourselves? Uh, Which is a really great line. And really good. I think a really common feeling for a lot of people. Fucking mood. Yeah. Um, So great, great scene with with Tally there. Uh, Very sad Mm -hmm. to see our girl so upset. There's Um, yeah, there's a little bit more here uh, with the romance um, where she goes. She goes, I'm having a drink with my boyfriend, my human boyfriend. My father would have hated you. (laughs) 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 And uh, Jen says, here's to him then. Uh, And 
Uh, Tali says, and Miranda, rest easy, you genetically perfect Cerberus cheerleader Bosch Tet. Keela Salai. Keela Salai. Um, really great, really great mm. characterization for Tali. Really totally. great, like, uh, send off to Miranda. Um, and these are like two characters we really don't see interacting that much. So it's like fun to sort of like retroactively establish what that relationship was. It's, mm -hmm. it's just great all around. And I agree yeah. with you. It would have been cool if it were like an actual cut scene. Yeah. It, it didn't like lose anything from not being, mm -hmm. but I feel like I was just kind of like standing there listening to Tally speak at me. And, and I, I do just wish there was some sort of camera change at all. Yeah. Um, but anyway. The only other thing I have here is Javik. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So we we walk into that room and um, I guess this is supposed to be before before she gets drunk. Uh, Tally is thanking oh. Jeff. Well, maybe she, after she's drunk. I guess that makes sense. Tally is talking to Javik over the comms. No, mine was definitely after she was drunk. Oh, really? Maybe I, I, I did this first. So maybe I just didn't register oh, that she was drunk. Um, that's it, so interesting. It, yeah, they must change it based on whether you talk to Tally first or not. Yeah, it could be that or it could just be I just wasn't perceiving it very well. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, what did what did she say? Uh, she just thanks him for for talking to Liara and like like making her not as upset about it's definitely uh, it's definitely different. <laughs> really? Okay, wait, what's yours? She she was very obviously drunk um oh. in mine. She she's like, I heard about your talk with Liara. You act so angry, but you really care about us. Oh. <laughs> and he he's like, I need you functional to destroy the Reaper. So like you need to stop drinking. Cool. And she goes, You care about Liara. You like her. <laughs> and <laughs> and he, he's just like, You're drunk, whatever. She goes, and you like me too. <laughs> and then he goes, This conversation is over. Wow. It's such a treat. Um, wow. very fun to watch those two interact while Tali is drunk. Yeah. A nice way to lighten up the mood before this <laughs> bummer of a cutscene. <laughs> yeah. So you talk to Javik and he is like, you see the Normandy blueprints on the, on the, on his screen. And you're like, oh, are you studying the Normandy? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, ships. And then he says he's been studying the ship and the crew and learned that like there was a previous Normandy and that like Shepard died and was resurrected to fight the Reapers. And so Shep is like, you and I have a thing or two in common. Yeah. Um, actually, before that, for me, uh, before before you say that we have stuff in common, he asks, like, so you're in, like, a relationship with the Asari? Um, oh, this, yeah, this comes up later for me. Oh, interesting. Um, with with uh, Tali. Yeah, he, he, he says that, like, and I thought it was like, oh, he can sense it or whatever. And you're like, oh, do you, like you can tell and he's like well or oh god i don't remember exactly what the line is but it's like oh did did she tell you and he says your pheromones do um <laughs> it's just very funny um and then you know you talk about the ship and say that you're similar blah, blah blah uh and he says um to to like oh maybe we're more similar than we think and he says no like your reasons for fighting are still alive which i think just sets like a really great tone for the rest of this mm. the rest of this one and and uh well, then we're just kind of like walking around the uh, the room and we see this this echo shard as we ask like, oh, do you have anyone to fight for? And there is this just like card looking thing. I think it came up at one point in a different cutscene. Yeah. 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 He's like, this is a memory shard. It's like, you know, it contains like memories of of my people. Generations of, of Protheans. What's in here? It is called the echo shard. Passed from soldier to soldier. 
Prothean to Prothean. Each adds their memories to it. Like a beacon. How far back does it go? To a time before the Reapers. It is all that is left of my people. And you don't want to remember that? Imagine if everyone you knew was dead. You could not remember their faces or the color of the sky above your home. The memories were gone, but so was the pain. Would you want to remember that, Commander? Even if it meant watching everyone die again? <sighs> um, and you get a dialogue option here. Yes. Um, what, did, what did Gortney say? Uh, I said, If I had something like this, seeing Earth again, whole with everyone still alive, that would be worth the pain. Same. Yeah. Uh, and so then he he touches it and and you know sees before the reapers the stars belonged to us civilization flourished there was the quasar fortress of the Tarandi Vale the ice canals of Judah 4 the palisades of the Verome Angelic it was magnificent but then what is it? The Reapers came, planet by planet, we extinguished, we fought back, I... And we slap it out of his hand. Um, uh, and then he talks about the fact that he used to command a ship similar to the Normandy, um, but they were attacked and his whole crew got, got taken and indoctrinated. Besides him, he was the only one that escaped. Uh, he was the commander of the ship. Uh, his whole crew got taken, indoctrinated, and then used against him uh, for battle after battle afterwards. Um, and then until until he was able to find the, uh, I guess, remaining members of his crew and he says slit their throats one by one and watch them bleed out to make sure that they were dead. I thought that the end of that story is like he's in a battle like with with other soldiers. Um, oh, that makes it's more like, sense. Yeah, he he um, he says until the battle of the Cronian Nebula, I had only my knife left. Um, I cornered my men and slit their throats oh. one by one. I watched them bleed to death to be certain. Okay. Yeah, that makes, so basically, that makes more sense. So basically it was like the- to prevent this from happening again. That's how I read it anyway. I might be wrong. I think that's totally I, right. I just, I misread it, I think. Yeah, I. It, it's confusing the way that they phrase it. But yeah, but yeah so to prevent that from happening again, he's like, I... I watched them bleed to death to be certain. That must have been... It was the day I understood. War is atrocity committed in the name of survival. It is a lesson I wish I had never learned. Just great, great stuff, Granddad. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so sad about your so sad. people. I'm so sorry, but also you guys seem like you also kind of sucked. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not that you deserve to die because you sucked, but <laughs> anyway, the slippery mm-hmm. slope. Um, <laughs> um, that is all I have on the normandy uh me too uh, this time yeah um i did just for the fun of it um like go to the assault the elusive man's base mission um because it i i had looked up whether it would give you a choice or not um and like if you go to start it you get a cool cutscene of the crucible and then uh hackett's like if we start we're not gonna be able to stop and so then i said never mind i'm not gonna do it right now <laughs> i'm actually gonna go party with my friends instead um yeah and so that is uh Next episode, we will talk about the Citadel DLC, 
um, which I have played most of at this point, if I'm being honest. Uh, <laughs> and it's really good, and I'm really excited to talk about it. Yeah, um, it's super fun. And then the following episode, I guess, we'll finish the video game? Is that... Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, okay. Yeah, wild. Um, wild stuff? Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, that's, that's this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Yeah. We love when you listen to it and we love when you comment on it on the uh asynchronous channel in the worst garbage discord which you can find at the bottom of the show notes uh hop on there join it and and tell us how you feel about javik's grandfather tendencies (laughs) let us know who you would give the aux in the comments below yeah (laughs) no uh but thank you for listening thank you speaking of speaking of the aux thank you amaranthan for writing our theme music uh, love it. Uh, links to his Bandcamp are in the show notes. Thank you to Scout Wilkinson for our episode art, um, which recently, because Scout has been doing art for another one of my shows, and it's really great. And and we've been talking a lot about like the inspiration for specific arts and stuff, which just just reminded me of our first conversation with Scout, where we said space, time, and <laughs> gaming. I don't know. Um, yeah, just really great. Scout's a, a joy to work with, and you should if you get the chance. Yeah, she took that nonsense and turned it into some really cool art. Turned it into some really cool Very art. Grateful. Yeah. Uh, so check out her stuff in the show notes as well. Uh, and if you want to follow me online. It is just so hard. It's so yeah, hard to just do. Don't just I have Discord. Yeah, come I, please it's come a to fucking, the Discord. It's a wasteland out we're, there. We're, we're now. Rec- the internet <laughs> sucks. It's so rough. Um, we're recording this the day after <sighs> Twitter has rate limited you to six hundred <laughs> tweets a day. Um, stupid. And it is stupid. And I'm. I, I mean, I don't really use Twitter that much anyway. But I'm happy that it's gone because I'm not using it anymore. I have a Blue Sky account, I guess. I'll put that in the show notes if you want to follow me there and if you have a Blue Sky, but you need invites for that. So I guess I'm in the elite. Mm. Um, I have not done anything to seek out a Blue Sky invite because sure. I people keep like joining and then all I hear is like, eh, it's like fine over there. Like there's uh, nobody I know is like, you gotta join Blue Sky. Yeah, I mean, it's just Twitter again, you know, but there's less people on it, so it's less active. But really what has been great for Blue Sky is Twitter yesterday like destroying itself um mm. so many people are on the app right now that it looks like a regular app so so i don't know you know maybe <laughs> maybe check it out but honestly i think we're all yeah. better off without just like having our 300 word or 300 character thoughts out there um i mean i do i like twitter was a resource and like sure. the fact that that is like it will never function again likely as the resource that it was for like information and yeah. news and like yeah. you know up to the minute updates on things like mm-hmm. there is nowhere else that you can get that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think like I, everybody's like, Oh yeah, I'm so glad that like, you know, this trash app is gone. I, I think it's like kind of a fucking travesty to be honest, but uh, let's end the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, speaking of great aggregators, uh, leave us a rate and review on your podcast aggregate of choice. It would really help us out. Also, you could tell a friend if they want to hear us play mostly Mass Effect 3 or 13 Sentinels or Fire Emblem Three Houses. All good yeah. video games with some issues, but Mass Effect, <laughs> Mass Effect, the ones with the less issues. <laughs> got it, got less, less, less. <laughs> Not no, just less. Uh, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Kim, what are the final words today? Rest easy, you genetically perfect Cerberus cheerleader Boschtets. 
Tequila Salai. See ya. <laughs>